Well, hey there, folks, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Just Asia podcast. My name is Kevin O'Shea, and I am a Canadian expat living in Penang, Malaysia at this moment. Over the past 21 years, I've lived in South Korea, Japan, and China. And now I am based here in Malaysia. And this is a podcast where each and every week I share with you some amazing stories and profiles, some incredible people who are doing, you know, really cool things here in Asia. And this week, another great interview. Last week it was fantastic. I got to talk to James Reynolds, uh, you know, who was based in Tokyo, Japan. He's from the UK. He's a storm chaser, the person who gets in front of hurricanes and takes incredible video footage that he shares with the world over at Earth Uncut TV. And that was a fantastic conversation. Glad you guys all out there enjoyed it. You know, we talked all about, um, you know, being based in, in, in Japan, what it's like to be there. And of course, you know, Hot, hot tailing it all over Asia, heading to Hong Kong, Taiwan, all the different places he does. Um, he does a lot of island jumping around Japan as well in order to, again, get in front of typhoons. Those things that we usually try to get out of the way of. Um, yeah, so that was a fantastic interview. Thanks, James, for coming on that episode. And this week, episode number 25, I have a great conversation with my friend Kevin Tarpey, and he talks all about walking in Japan and walking around large expanses of Japan and how that's his preferred way to see Japan. And it's a fantastic conversation. He's been on a couple of other podcasts I've done in the past, and we do make reference to those. I'll give you more information on the other end of the interview. And uh, Kevin is at The Green Hoof on uh, Instagram, and we'll talk about uh, more about that. And hey, just, just kick back and listen to this fantastic conversation about walking around Japan. It's another episode of the podcast, and this week I am very happy to have uh, Kevin Tarpey on the show. And Kevin is someone I've interviewed on other podcasts before, but not this mm-hmm. one. Um, so Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Just Asia and share with us your story. No, well, thank you for having me again. I always appreciate it. Cool. So um, for those who may not know who you are, and this is a, you know, a new podcast. So you were, you were in a, definitely in a, a few episodes of the Just Japan podcast back in the day. And mm-hmm. I also had um, uh, you on two episodes of the Supernatural Japan podcast. Yeah. Um, everyone check the links below for those. Um, and I will also share links in the Facebook group, which you should all join. Um, but yeah, so... I, I do want to touch on a lot of stuff that you talked about during those podcast episodes, but sure. now it's, it's it's a few years in the future. And again, new audience, people who don't know your really fascinating story and the neat things you've done. Um, so before we get into that, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and where you're currently based. Yeah, well, uh, my name's Kevin. I'm a walkaholic. It's been two hours since my last walk. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong meeting. <laughs> uh, so, yes, my name is Kevin Tarpey. Uh, I'm originally from Boston, grew up on the mean streets of Southie uh, and now gentrified streets of Southie. <laughs> I was just back there in spring. Um, uh, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for over 20 years. I've taught in many different environments, starting in South Korea, English language education. I've taught in the Boston public school system. And yeah, now most recently in Japan, where I am based, uh, a little town of Unnan in Shimane Prefecture. Mm. And these days I spend most of my free time uh, exploring rural Japan on foot. 
That's and that's this is the cool thing. That's why I I want I wanted Kevin on the podcast because he is he's someone who who gets out there and really connects with Japan in a different way than a lot. We you know we we see a lot of social media content. There's a lot of fantastic content creators you know on yeah. YouTube on Instagram, and often what we see is like the bright flashy lights of Osaka of, sure. of Tokyo, and that those have their place and those are really cool too. Yeah, um, absolutely. But where, where the the side of Japan that you're in, or the the piece of Japan where you live, you're you're really experiencing a different side of life. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and on, on, ironically enough today, um, speaking of walking in Japan, I was actually watching some old videos of Alan Booth. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. The British travel writer. Alan. Well, I don't know him, but yes, I know but the, <laughs> the famed um, British travel writer who had been living in based in Tokyo for 20 years. And then he had written books about what he walked across Japan and he um, wrote. Yeah, a that's famed, the book I read. What's it? The Road to Sata? Yes, Perhaps? I think so. Yeah, and, yeah. and ironically enough, I still have not read that book and I really want to get a copy of it. But, um, Alan, yeah, so, um, he, the road, yeah, the roads to Sata and roads, it was published yeah, in 1985. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, um, he died. He was quite young. He was only 46. He passed away. Yeah, yeah. Like in 1993, he passed away. So quite a long okay. time ago. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, I've, I've read kind of a, a more modern version of that. Um, Will Ferguson, the Canadian humorist had been a jet and he wrote a book that had a couple of different names, but one was hitching rides with Buddha. I've been seeing, we have the opposite experience. I've been meaning to read that book. Okay. That one is, <laughs> that one's really great too. Um, okay. but I, I hear the Alan Booth one is fantastic, but it just, I've gone to bookshops when I was in Japan in the summertime, I couldn't find it. Um, okay. and it, it's, it's even, I haven't been able to find maybe i'll look online um and yeah and see if I, I, can. I think i ebook is what yeah, i read probably ebook is the way to go i now have a device for that that i can use that my kids no longer um um you know have uh monopolized so um ah. so so you're a walker and that's that's yeah, and, yeah. and you walk japan and you discover japan that way now um i by the way folks i've known kevin um since i want to say 2002 or 2003 probably yeah (laughs) around that time we first met in south korea and we were both working there as english teachers at the time um and i know that even at that point you were someone who was active and enjoyed going outside and hiking and things like that um so i mean that's where you know uh, you know as as long as i've known you you've definitely been someone who's been out there walking exploring the world so what i'm curious about you already mentioned that you are a walkaholic um where did where did the walkaholism begin well, I think if you act, 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 ask certain members of my family, if you ask certain members of my family, they probably tie it to the fact that I don't drive. Okay. Uh, I've never had a license. Okay. So I have many family members and friends uh, back in Boston who that would probably be, they tell you, that's the reason I walk so much. What else is he going to do? He can't <laughs> drive anywhere. Um, yeah, this is a, it's interesting. I was thinking about this question, uh, a couple of months ago. Um, and I don't think I can pinpoint a specific reason or point in time when, you know, something happened. I think it was just an accumulative effect of things. Um, for starters, my father, uh, he was a prolific walker, perhaps another walkaholic. Um, and I, I can remember a specific memory uh, one of the first times he took me to Fenway Park to watch a, a Red Sox game. Uh, we came out of the park and uh, your options to get back where we lived were either take the green line um, or to hop, hop in a taxi. 
and it's just swamped. Everybody's leaving the park. The, the train is like packed to the gills, no taxis. And my father just said, Hey, we'll just, we'll just walk. Now, granted, Fenway Park to where we lived at the time is probably, if you walk it, Google Maps correct route, it's probably yeah. a little over three miles. Okay. So now to me, that would be a short walk. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was probably 10 years old at the time. And I, I still vividly remember what an adventure. Like, is he? And I remember at first, I was like, is he nuts? <laughs> which is a response I've gotten now so many times in my life. Oh, how far is this? I'm just going to walk. Are you nuts? You know? Yeah. Um, and it was just, I remember it's the biggest adventure I'd had up until that point in my life. I was walking through neighborhoods and streets I'd only driven by before. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, just that sense of excitement and exploration. I, I think that's probably the earliest memory of it. Um, and I, you mentioned earlier how we met in South Korea. Yeah. That was yeah. definitely uh, kind of a catalyst for me okay. in terms okay. of uh, I wasn't I, I had camped when I was younger, a lot of camping, family camping trips, not not a hiker by any means. But moving to South Korea, you have these beautiful, jagged mountains just running through the country. That's when I started yes. hiking a lot. Um, my first year I lived in Seoul and it was such a joy to go around and explore different neighborhoods. Um, and now most recently, uh, it's, it's really the first time I've ever lived in a rural environment. Um, and, uh, I just love walking out my door. I mean, of course I still like hiking, but sometimes I just walk out the door and I have no idea where I'm going to go. I just, wherever the whim takes me. Wow. That's so cool. So, I mean, what, so what is, so what is it about now that you're in Japan you've been in Japan for quite some time now? Um, how many years now has it been actually? Like you were in Japan six, six, six years, years okay. I believe. Yeah, it is okay. six. Yeah. So what is it about Japan and walking that goes so well together? Well, I, I think your piece it's of Japan for sure. Several things. Um, the first you got to touch upon is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, now you always got to give a caveat. I'm speaking as a male, yeah, and talking about safety. I don't know if a female's experience would be different, um, but I've personally never felt unsafe at any point mm. uh, walking around Japan, uh, unless we're talking about maybe a, a wild boar or a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when it comes to humans, I've never felt unsafe. Uh, so for starters, safety. Um, and I, I just think the rural areas specifically of Japan are just conducive, um, to walking, mm -hmm. uh, just beautiful rice fields. And there's, of course, it's a very mountainous country. Uh, the landscape, you know, uh, never disappoints me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's just, I mean, I, I think I look back at my days living in Japan and, um, it was really hard for me making the transition of moving from Japan to China in many ways. And a big mm -hmm. part of that was in Japan, I would go for walks every night. And that's something that I've done long before I was married. When I was a single guy, I would, you know, before the, the advent of, of iPods and listening to podcasts and things, I would always go out for a walk at night. You know, it was a, an adult on my own. 
And I just always enjoyed that quiet time. It was kind of a, a time of the day where you see like really different things, pe- people who aren't out in the day or out at night. And yeah. I think what I what I really liked, I lived in Kobe and I could walk across that bridge. I lived on one of the man-made islands in the harbor, Port Island. Right. I walked across that bridge and then I could walk. So and I could get this peaceful walk and I could see the ocean and boats, um, boats in the harbor steaming under the bridge. And then I'd get into like the downtown area. And there was just always it was very neat and vibrant, but it could be very quiet and peaceful at the same time. So I, I love that. And then I moved to Beijing and where I live, there was just nothing to see. And I would go walking and it was really kind of sad and depressing but i still continued the walks um and mm-hmm. and had to, but i had to find different ways to motivate myself and i think i really became engrossed in podcasts and listening to podcasts okay. and the whole point of my walk would be to get out some and, and have some quiet time to listen to a podcast i liked um but you know you again you're you're that you're that consummate walker and you know um i think the last time we chatted in podcast form was obviously on the the supernatural japan podcast right and you had you were actually, I talked to you over the past, I, I interviewed you once and then I waited a few months and interview, interviewed you again. I talked to you when you had completed half of the, the famed 88 Temples um, yeah. pilgrimage and then I talked to you again at the end of it. So I was wondering if you could tell the listeners um, just a little bit about what is the 88 Temples pilgrimage? Where is it? And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot here, but if you could just share your experience with us. Yeah. So, uh Basically, it is a pilgrimage where you visit 88 temples that are connected to some form to an old monk that lived probably about a thousand years ago named Kukai uh, on the island of Shikoku in Japan. Um, You can do it any number of ways. You could a lot of old people, old Japanese people join a tour group. And a bus drives you around all these temples. Yeah. Um, some couples like to drive, you know, and visit the temples. You could, in many cases, you can visit a lot of them by public transportation. And then there is a small percentage of us wackos that decide I'm just going to walk all the way around this island and visit all these uh, temples. Um, yeah, it. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. It, it's just such a multifaceted experience. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, folks, just, I mean, uh, apologies for cutting you off, but for you out there listening, guys, to take a deep dive into this, I'll ask I'll ask Kevin to go in a little bit more detail, but a deep dive, he did two episodes on the Supernatural Japan. Each was about an hour long each, you know, so it's like two hours of, and then I'm sure you could have just gone on more and more, but there was so much to talk about. Um, yeah. But I'm wondering, so this this kind of famed walk, what what motivated you to do something like this? I think uh, when we were living in South Korea, I first heard about it. And I kind of put in the back of my head, that sounds interesting. Walk around a, a whole island of Japan? Mm. What would that be like? Um, and now, of course, since moving here, I, I learned more about it, um, the religious aspects of it. Um, one of the best aspects of that experience is Osetai. Uh, the local people of Shikoku have a long tradition of helping out the pilgrims any way they can. Um, this could be giving you food, uh, giving you a ride somewhere, uh, mm. all kinds of things. One, one of my personal favorite experiences of that happening to me I was on one of the longest uh, stretches where there's not a lot of 
amenities, let's just say. Um, yeah. The Cape of Moroto. In fact, I remember passing a vending machine. Uh, and you, as someone who has lived in Japan, know how vending machines are pretty much all throughout Japan. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Most, most, you know, they are ubiquitous. Places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was actually, I mean, and for those of you listening, this is one thing that I used to do when I, I mean, um, years ago, I don't know if you remember, Kevin, I used to be quite the runner. I used to be a long distance runner um, when I had knees that worked. Um, (laughs) But now they're, now they're, because of that running, they're, you know, a bit creaky. Um, And I can remember what I would do. I'd have like, I I would go out with like a handheld water bottle. And if I'd go on like a long run training for a marathon, I might, I, I might be out running for three or four hours. Clearly, one bottle is not going to do the trick, but I just put a bunch of coins in like a little kind of running fanny pack because <clears throat> I knew that along the route, I could constantly just refill my bottle, stop at vending machines, refill the bottle, take that yeah. pet bottle, chuck it in the recycling bin beside it. So they were always everywhere, but maybe yeah. not where you were, right? Well, at the start of the day, I think I was an hour into walking to the tip of the Cape of Moroto. And uh, I, I passed this vending machine. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a coffee. I've been up for a little while. And uh, in Japanese and English, I think it said, like, this is the last vending machine for 15 kilometers, which is pretty much let you know you're entering no man's land in Japan. If that's if that's a yeah, gap yeah, you sure. have in vending machines, look out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, the, the road, the route, that 15 kilometers, pretty much it, on your I was heading south on your left you had the ocean on your right you had just a, a steep cliff going up into the hills um and I was walking along and at one point I I could tell a truck was driving behind me and I hear the brakes and then it pulls up beside me I'm like what's going on does this guy think I need help and he the guy hops out of the car and runs over um, and he's like, oh, Osetai, Osetai. And there was a, a plastic bag filled with drinks, uh, rice balls, candy, like all kinds of stuff. Now, the best part is he then drives a little further ahead, finds a turnoff and turns around. So what that means is he passed me earlier, continued driving to the closest convenience store, which was probably like 10 kilometers back, then turned around and brought me those gifts. Wow. And when I say a truck, this guy was working. It wasn't a small truck. It was like he was, he had some kind of cargo he was delivering. <laughs> he wasn't a Sunday so, driver. No. So he basically extended his working day to take time to help some goofy red bearded foreigner walking down the, the highway on the pilgrimage sporting your this is just one example of just countless times uh people just doing things that every time it happened you know you just you're just so touched you know every single time that's amazing that's amazing and while you were on that walking journey i can remember you telling me what were some of the kinds of places where you stayed you stayed in a variety of places didn't you i mean it was a yeah yeah i mean there's a there is a whole industry these days because of the numbers. It, it, it is increasing in popularity, or it has for probably the last 20, 30 years, of uh, Minshuku, or in some cases, maybe high, not high-end Ryokan, traditional inns, but, yeah. you know, uh, they cater to the pilgrims uh, and pretty much the walking pilgrims, you know. Okay. 
it, you know, it, it, there's no discrimination, but you just find, uh, you'd show up at a place. Hey, I saw you earlier today, or I saw you a couple of days ago. And we're all a bunch of walking pilgrims. Um, but they also have places that I didn't really, uh, take advantage of free accommodations. Some of the temples, uh, will either offer paid lodgings and in some cases, limited free lodgings. Okay. Um, the reason I never uh, did that, I always felt I'm somebody who I, I can afford to pay my way. What if there's a young man or woman taking a break from college or, you know what I mean? And you do run into some pilgrims that are kind of uh, taking that, I you know, pilgrimage to the max where I'm going to, not spend money. I'm going to stop and beg for alms okay. type thing. You know, I think that person deserves the free uh, lodging over somebody like me. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. So, yeah. So, and I wonder the, you know, one thing that I wonder now is just coming to my mind. Um, one topic that has kind of popped up in, in a few interviews I've done recently about um, post COVID Japan is, is that right now we're seeing like this over tourism happening. And I, I was, I was a witness to that firsthand this past mm -hmm. summer when I was in Osaka, it was just madness, at least, you know, the area where we were staying. Um, and I remember pre COVID before I left Kobe, before I left Japan and moved to China to work, um, I could see, and this is purely anecdotal every year, the number of, of visitors coming to say Kobe, it just increased and increased. It was increasing because I could just see on the weekends when I, when I'd go to Sanomiya downtown, I would see bigger crowds and I would hear more languages instead of, mm -hmm. you know, once upon a time, I'd only pretty much exclusively hear Japanese, but all of a sudden I was hearing lots of Chinese and I was hearing yeah. English and European languages. And, and, uh, now it's, 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 it's becoming, it's growing, growing. I wonder if, I wonder if that's going to somehow impact that pilgrimage too. Well, I should say, I, this is one of the most beautiful things about my particular pilgrimage. I did it the last year of not the lockdown. What, what would you call it again? When tourists border, were border, The border closures. The borders were there closed. There you go. So Thank the you. The tourists, no one could uh, come into Japan, right? Yeah. And I only met during my whole walk. I only met in terms of pilgrims, two other foreigners. Okay. Um, yeah. And I had a couple of funny moments where a couple of pilgrims would be like, how did you get here? You know, uh, I swam from Korea. Um, don't worry. Uh, but other than that, it's kind of uninformed. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, and I think this is another reason to go for a walk in rural areas to, to get away from Osaka, Tokyo, yeah. Kyoto, all those, you know, that's another reason. Of course, if this is your first time coming to Japan, of course, you, you want to visit those. You places. want to see those kind of bucket list places, right? The iconic yeah. landmarks. But and tourists. So many of these tourists are repeat tourists. True. It's their second, third, fourth. Um, and I think a lot of them, but maybe not enough of them, uh, are coming to the kind of overlooked areas. They're starting yes. to realize um, am I really getting a Japanese experience being surrounded by other foreigners at such and such temple? Yeah, exactly. Such such shrine. I don't when, know. You, when, you're, when you're doing all of your research and planning your trip by looking at top 10 lists, you know, and that's what's yeah, out yeah. there. And that's one of the things I'm finding now with, for example, the way the YouTube algorithms work. 
I'll do a search for a video. I'll I'll search for some of my own YouTube videos because I I mean I made like over a thousand videos in the years I lived in Kobe. Really? And I can't yeah, find really? any of that stuff now. It's all buried because it's just all flashy thumbnails that are like top ten things to do in Kobe, top ten things oh, to yeah. do in Kobe, top ten, and you know, um, and it's always the same thing. And that's what I found about like here. So now I'm living in Penang, Malaysia, and before mm-hmm. we moved to Malaysia, I was trying to do a bit of research. And I, I watched a bunch of travel vlogs and I just said to my wife eventually, this is all bullshit. I'm watching the same yeah. vlog for the 20th time. Just but done by just different a different, people, just a different person. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. cute, fly up drone, drone shot, play music. And then yeah. we're at every, the same place every time. It's just like, okay. And then, you know, now I'm here. And the cool thing is, you know, I work, I work with a lot, you know, the locals at my international school. And these are the people that are like, have you been here? Or have you tried that restaurant? Go to that yeah. place. And, you know, the folks who are from here, that's, you know, then you, you learn the different side of things. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's not this bells and whistles type. Look at yeah. this. You know. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. I know when you first moved to Japan years ago, I can remember you contacting me quite frequently over Facebook Messenger and sending me photos of bugs and flowers and plants saying, Kevin, what's this? What's this? What's this? Um, because, you know, for those who know who I am, I, I'm an armchair naturalist. I'm someone who loves being outdoors and I love nature and plants and insects and birds and, and all those, all creatures great and small. Um, but one thing I've I've noticed from following your Facebook over the years, um, and and uh, your your um, Instagram is that you now I I would say definitely you know more than I do about that stuff because I mean in Japan because you're out there more than I am and I but but wow. now you you he, this man no longer needs to contact me he's able to yeah. figure the stuff well, out. Well, they got apps now, Kevin. No. Well, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you that. were my app back in the I day. Was, now there's iNaturalist, right? Um, which is what I rely on. <laughs> Um, as, as, yeah. and I'm, I, now I'm, yeah, no, that's what I use as well. Yeah. Well, iNaturalist is, is brilliant. It is brilliant because um, of the whole community aspect too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people here, even in Penang, when I, I put something up that people really readily there to help me to say, now that you yeah. misidentified no. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And we love but it. Like, but look, that's what you want. That's why you, you use do. the app, right? So it's, yeah. it's Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you're like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, they'll say, we think it's this. And there's like, you just saw a black ant. And then there's like 10 different kinds of black ants that all kind of look the same and have different names. You're like, I think it's that one. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah. other people are like, and then like 10 people are like, no, it's not. It's that one. You're like, okay, I agree. Click. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> 10 of you told I, me. This is only me. Consensus. But, but you definitely do know your stuff a lot more. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, w- I was wondering if you can tell me a little bit about that learning curve since you've come to Japan. Well, I, walking to me is curiosity in motion. Mm. Um, you know, of course, you might have your you might be a walk where you got your headphones on, or like you mentioned before in Beijing, maybe you'd be listening to a podcast. Yeah. But if those headphones are off, you're looking, you're paying attention, and somebody like me and i know you're similar what what is that yeah you know not not only natural things anything you're just yeah. curious you want to know um and when it came to the natural world bugs animals birds uh i, I i'm a city kid i I, yeah. I didn't know much that that was part of it and i don't like posting on social media a picture if if I can at least say, hey, this is this kind of bird, this is this kind of bug, and that's yeah. probably how it started. Let me just identify it. 
And then from there, it was, well, now I'm starting to learn more about this bug, this bird. Why don't I add some more information? You know, and it just yeah. kind of led me to learn more and more. Cool. Basically. And now, and now you're just sharing like really amazing things. I love watching your posts. Um, I love seeing all the, the plants and flowers and mountain scenes. You definitely live in a very gorgeous place. Um, and you know, it's, uh, now you're writing about it. You know, now you're sharing that with the world. There's my segue. It's, it's a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that now because I'm, I'm just crushing this illusion. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you're, <laughs> you, which is a really cool thing. You're now writing, um, you've recently, recently started writing a monthly article for a local yeah. newspaper about all of these natural things and about, you know, the things that you, um, encounter while walking. I was wondering if you could yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How did that happen? Well, the, the interesting thing about your segue is almost, pretty much how it came about. Um, somebody my wife knows followed my Instagram, really liked my photos, liked uh, the, the captions, the information I present. And she had been writing for a local newspaper um, about the, the 24 seasons, okay. you know, yeah. the old calendar that comes from the Chinese culture that, mm. uh, you know, and uh, she said to my wife, do you think Kevin would be interested? You know, maybe Kevin could write his articles in English and you could translate to Japanese. Uh, and I said, of course I'm interested, but yeah, the yeah. question is, would the newspaper be interested? Yeah. Um, and they were, I uh, wrote a few, uh, samples, my wife translated and yeah, uh, I think first column was in August Okay, and she'd be doing it for about a year. And, their whole idea is um, our our little slice of Japan through a foreigner's eyes, um, and also I think with an knowing my background, write about topics or places that might be overlooked even by locals. Of course, okay. they know of them, but maybe they don't really pay enough attention. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Them. I think I think sometimes like when you know, and it's. When you have someone who's exploring through that different lens, right? We see things in a different way. And I think that's like, I, interestingly enough, like, you know, I think of, uh, when I moved to Shenzhen, China for my last job position, um, you know, I, I immediately as I hit my, my new campus, I hit the ground running trying to find just what living things were around, what natural things. And I, I can remember I learned about these fruit bats, this type of fruit bat that was common in su- southern China. And under palm trees around the campus, there were all these fruit bat colonies, these cute, adorable little bats that would live under all the, the palm trees. And you could just walk up and like look up and there they were. Um, and then I started showing them to the students and then teachers are coming over saying, that's amazing. And I had a bunch of teachers who were like, I've been here for 20 years. I had no idea that there's like back colonies all over the campus. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. just look up. Yeah. I, I spend a lot of time <laughs> looking up and looking down and looking yeah. under things, you know? So that's um, that, you know, it's uh, if, if you're looking at the world in that different way. Right. Um, and yeah. then again, for someone who was born there, who grew up there, who's been there for generations, certain things maybe are so mundane or typical that you don't even look at them. Um, yeah. And then when you, again, you, you're there walking along and saying, well, that's neat. Look at the way they built that shed. Why do they, why do they have pieces of wood hanging that way? Or why is the roof yeah. that way? Cause I've never seen that before in Boston and Southie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, for sure. They you don't know, even so... have roofs in Southie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's gentrified now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, now, yeah, you should see the roofs they have in Southie these they days. They just put them on recently. Gilded gold. <laughs> Oh, that's what I hear about Boston. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I mean, I think we lose, we have that as kids mm. and we lose that. Why? How come? Why do they do that? How yeah. come this is like this? Um, and I think it's important to not train ourselves, but to, to create habits where we, we, we get that curiosity back yeah. and walking, I think is yeah. one of the best ways to do that. Yeah. Um, I and I think it's important. You mentioned how people, you know, didn't notice those bats. Um, part of it I think is because you're always walking by it and it's just kind of a background thing you've always seen. Mm. Um, but I wonder in the last 15 years or so, how much of it is I'm looking at my phone. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, that I'm too. focused. I'm not focused on my surroundings yeah. per se. Um, yeah. you know, and one thing I, I do is, uh, unless I expecting a call or something, I'll, I'll sometimes put it on airplane mode. Yeah. That way I'm well, only I'm, using it to take pics. You know, I'm totally guilty. Like I, I even like yesterday, I was uh, really engrossed in a, a podcast series called the history of the nineties. And I'm just like, this is so right, cool. Right. Cause you know, it's, it's formative years for me. Right. So I'm, I'm walking along listening to it and I got to the jungle and I'm about to go on my first, I, it was my first hike yesterday into the actual yeah, jungle. And I made a little YouTube video about it just because I learned a mode on my phone to make it look smoother with the video. S shoot at 60 frames instead of 30 frames a second. Looks so much better. Um, but as I got to the jungle, I'm about to hit the path and I'm still listening to that podcast. And I said, to, I stopped. I'm like, Kevin, what are you doing? I took my yeah. earbuds out, put them away in my pocket. No, man, like you got to listen. Like, and, yeah. and, and of course, I get in there. It's just a symphony of noises I've never I heard bet. before, right? I bet. And then, and then there's nothing more shocking and frightening than when there's monkeys up above jumping because they're crashing from tree to tree. And sometimes tree branches break off and fall. And then yeah, you'll yeah. hear them screaming and stuff. And, um, that's, that's utterly terrifying. <laughs> A few moments you're just like, ah! sure. and you look up and you realize, Oh, it's monkeys. Okay. Yeah. You, you think there's like a Sasquatch coming to, to rip you apart or something. You never know. You never know. True. You <laughs> do never know with those guys. Um, yeah. So you, you know, you've done that 88 temples, you've done a lot of other impressive walking adventures, you've done some really great hikes. And what I'm wondering, um, do you have on your bucket list or do you have a bucket list, first of all, but are there other walks that you would like to do? And I just threw an example your way of the old Tokaido or, or any of these kind of yeah. famous places in Japan. Are, are there any that you're maybe in the future in the next few years might be a place you're exploring? Well, I don't I wouldn't say I have a bucket list. I actually don't like the idea of a bucket list. Now, of course, there's places I want to go, but there's two things. I don't like people, this idea that I I must do this before I die. That That's what a bucket is, list Seriously, is. Yeah. Why pressure yourself? If you get there, you get there. And the second reason is you might very much find that you get there and it's not as good You're disappointed. As, exactly. Yeah. Um, and again, bringing it back to walking, a lot of times it's the point, it's the part in between the places that are the most interesting, the, mm -hmm. the interactions with people, the random things you see. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the immediate future, uh, locally, uh, about a year ago, I found out about, um, I believe it's a national park or a national something or other, um, the Sanin Kaigang. Okay. It's a coastal, it's a bunch of separated sites along the coast of Totori Prefecture 
and I believe Hyogo Prefecture. And I think some of them do involve hiking. Some might just be, check out this lighthouse. Look at this cool rock in the ocean. But I thought to myself, they're not necessarily, from start to finish, they're not that far apart. I could probably walk between them in five days. Mm. Um, So that's probably maybe by the end of the year, if not uh, January, February. Okay. Um, And then I was considering up until about a month ago about making another attempt of through hiking the Appalachian trail Ah. next year. I got permission from the wife. Everything looked good to go. Um, But I don't think it's the right time to make a four to six month commitment. Yeah. Um, I just, it's not, the timing's not right. So instead what I'm thinking, I don't know if you've heard the Michinoku coastal trail. No, I in don't. Tohoku. Okay. Um, I don't know the exact details, like the length. Um, I think it's on average supposed to take about two months. Um, there's probably some road, a lot of road walking, but especially I think as you get up north. Okay. Um, some beautiful natural scenery. Oh yeah, in Tohoku, uh, I've never been there. That would be amazing. Yeah, and neither have I. Um, and. You can camp a lot of days, but the options there as well, if you want to stay in accommodations. Um, So in a sense, it's probably a more natural or it's probably similar to the 88 Temple Pilgrimage, but with a lot more hiking, you know, natural settings. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's cool. Um, That's cool. So. Yeah, moving forward, those would be the two. I I think once I get settled in here, um, walking, um, I think that's uh, I need to kind of you know figure out what kind of walking adventures I'd like to go on because that's the thing too. I think I'm I'm a walker, um, and I've um, I, I do enjoy hiking sometimes, um, depending on um, you know I don't like the real rough, hairy, scrambling, climbing. Uh, I don't like heights. No, I hear like you. Um, I yeah. am now in a tropical zone, so I got to admit, like yesterday, it was, it was pretty fun. I got like everything. Like when I hit the trail, it was sunny, and then I got up. I, I was hiking along. It was really interesting. I'd get into these like under the canopy in certain kind of hollows, and all of a sudden, it was like I needed a headlamp. And this is in the oh morning. wow, the density, the density was impressive. That's crazy. What, what time was this about? Like I, I was hiking between nine nine o'clock in the morning and twelve oh, wow. in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I, I was yeah, I was just curious. Was it like late in the day or early? No, morning? no, no, wow. no. The, the canopy crazy. was so dense that it was like almost dark. Yeah. Um, and then like uh, a monsoon style rain came in and just dumped on me. And uh, I was I, I at least I prepared enough to bring a large Ziploc bag in my backpack, and I just quickly threw all my stuff like my phone. Yeah. And my- and stuff in there and then and then i just enjoyed it i'm just like this is hilarious like yeah. of course, the jungle and it's it's just pouring rain um and i you know fell a few times coming down the mountain because you know it's wet Things yeah but it was it was a fun experience but um you know and i'm, I'm looking forward to i'm going to do some more research into walks and get it walking yeah. once once we're settled in um i mean a, a lot of times for me it's it's google maps like well, yeah, that yeah. The first walk I just talked about, I was like, wouldn't it, wouldn't somebody just connect these areas by walking along the road? Yeah. You know, and then, and then of course you can, how far is that? What would be the time between this place and this place? You know, 
Um, it, it's it's a good tool yeah. for the curious walker. Oh yeah, yeah, know, it's great fun to just other things and to just sit at home and like you know have a beverage and just sit in front of Google Maps and like look at the different places. What and if? What if? Exactly, a lot of the what ifs. Um, so Kevin, I don't want to keep you much longer. You're an hour ahead of me, and I'm That's hungry. Okay. I've got to go eat actually. Okay. Um, but uh, if people do want to find you online and find those wonderful pictures, I was wondering if you could share where you are and where they can go and see those things. Please send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Remember that back in the day when you had to get some uh, information? True. And when then did you, that you'll, stop? And you'll mail photos Maybe. to them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they do have to pay for the processing fee. Yeah. You, well, they got to, they, they need the I mean, stamp. No. You, you, um, know, but you also have to bring them to the photo lab and get them printed out, the photos. That's true. Mm. Okay. So they have to put money in them. No. Um, yeah. Instagram would probably be the best way. Yeah. Um, and my handle is the green hoof. T H E. G R E N H O O F. Green hoof. The green hoof. Cool. So, folks, that will be in the show notes. That'll also be in the Facebook group. Go check out the green hoof on Instagram to find out uh, what Kevin's up to and just to see all the beautiful photos he's taken. And you can kind of scroll back in his timeline and, and see photos from that 88 Temples walk mm. and the different things he's, different places he's gone to. And it's it definitely worth a while, worth, worth a follow. So, go do that, folks. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to oh, join you. us here and, uh, hope it's, hope it certainly, I am having trouble talking. I hope it won't be the last time. Neither do I. Alrighty, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's always great to have another Kevin on the podcast. The more of us, the better. Um, and that was, you know, just such a great conversation. I love talking to Kevin. You know, I, I'll put links in the show notes. I'm going to put links over. Actually, I'll put the links over at the uh, Just Asia Facebook group. Um, some motivation for you guys to go and listen to uh, the two-part interview I did with him on the Supernatural Japan podcast, all about his walk around the 88 temples in Shikoku Island. Uh, it's, it was a fantastic conversation. I'll even try to dig up the link from the old Just Japan podcast, and I'll share that over as well on uh, the Just Asia Facebook group. I'll also share it out on my socials as well. Um, so, Kevin, thank you so much. Always fascinating. I mean, the guy walks and walks, and you really you know realize that you can see a country you can see any place in a very different way when you're when you're taking it slowly like that you're on the ground and you're not letting everything zoom by so again you can follow all of the wonderful things kevin does and all of the amazing nature he encounters over on instagram at the green hoof the green hoof so there'll be a link to that in the show notes as well yeah go check it out now moving forward everyone Again, thank you for listening to episode number 25. I'm really happy to be back on a schedule and putting episodes out regularly again after that summer hiatus. Now, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really good. You know, I'm, I'm, my voice is a little bit odd right now because I am um, recovering from a cold. First, my son got sick and he, uh, he was out down for the count for a few days, missed some school, and then he passed it on to me. And although I didn't miss uh, any work, I was hanging on by my fingernails hanging on for dear life for a few days that is for sure but i was able to get through it and uh, i'm still not fully recovered it's still lingering a little bit maybe i should have taken that day off and then that would have helped me um heal up a bit faster but nonetheless 
here I am with an odd voice. So um, I want to give a shout out to all of the fine folks who helped um, helped spread the word of the Just Asia podcast. So last week, I just kind of went through and checked out who were the fine folks who did some reposting on Twitter or X of the Just Asia podcast. And I'm going to shout those folks out now. And I want to thank you all for helping me grow the podcast. Um, a big thanks to at Craig Hoffman 11, at Annette underscore Soren, uh, at Lois underscore seven, uh, at Kenny PV, uh, P Jackson music. There's Phil Jackson there. Phil has been on episode number 18 of the podcast. And of course, I, I, as I zoom back up, Kenny was on uh, two episodes ago. Um, Craig Hoffman, he's always been a big supporter of the podcast. He's based in Japan as well. Um, Peckett, there's at Peckett, um, uh, Mike Peckett, who is based in Kobe, Japan. Definitely always a friend of the show. Um, at Earth Uncut TV, that's James Reynolds. At Being Japan, at Kumayama 100, at Storm Hunter TWN, that's Mark Robinson, who is a well-known storm hunter um, who works for the Weather Network. Uh, at Kansai Beyond, at Esper Ranger, um, at Get Outdoors Ed, at The Real Japan One, that's Rob Dyer. I'm hoping to get Rob on a future episode of the podcast, of course. Um, he's got a great uh, organization, a great outfit, a business that helps guide people around Japan. Um, yeah, so... I just want to absolutely thank all of you, and I, I'm sure I've probably missed a few. If so, if I've missed some people who did repost episodes and my tweets about the podcast, I apologize. I'll try to get you in the next episode. And, uh, you know, we appreciate any help you can give. If you can repost us on Facebook, share links, just tell someone you know about the podcast. Word of mouth helps us grow. I would really appreciate it a lot. Now, of course, you can follow me on social media. I've already mentioned about going over to the um, the Facebook group. Would love some more members over there. Um, I posted a couple of videos in the past week on YouTube. Dusted off the old YouTube channel. I made a little quick vlog last Saturday while walking around. Last Sunday afternoon. Uh, morning, actually. Yeah, that was it. While walking around my quasi-rural area of Penang Island in Malaysia. And I put up there. And uh, as I'm recording this, I um, just uploaded uh, a video of me exploring an abandoned restaurant. What once was a restaurant, and uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's a, it's kind of a frame or a structure of a building I walk past quite often here in Penang. And I said, you know what? I want to check that out. And I, I actually plan on getting into doing some more um, urban exploration or haikyo, as it's known in Japan. Uh, while I'm living here in Penang, there's a lot of great places to go and check out. Uh, my son is currently away. Um, my son Kai, who's 13. He's currently away on a big field trip. All kids from our school who are in secondary, which is middle and high school, have gone on um, a lot of them almost a week-long trip called DMT or Discover Malaysia trip. And he's pretty far away. Um, he's in another part of Malaysia. And uh, when he gets back on Friday evening, I know he's going to be absolutely tired. Um, we'll see if I can drag his weary self out on Saturday to do a little bit of urban exploring with me. Um, if not, I may go out for a solo adventure. <laughs> he may be, and I'm okay with that because I know he's going to be exhausted. He's doing a lot of hiking in the rain, so I know he'll be happy, possibly just happy to um, just relax at home and like lay around and watch TV and play video games and play on his Nintendo Switch. All of that stuff, um, you know, uh, Call of Duty and uh, Fortnite, all those things good young teenage boys like. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'll be able to get out and take some, uh, do some filming for you guys. And of course, I share all those links over on my Twitter. 
at Mad for Maple. I share all that stuff, of course, in the um, Just Asia Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group. Come on, ask to join and I'll let you in. Uh, links are in the show notes and links um, are on my Twitter and that stuff. Go and follow me on, on Instagram at jlandkev and at Wildlife. All those links will be below in the show notes. And again, for all of you who helped repost and share the podcast, I appreciate it. For all of you who took the time to listen to this episode of the podcast, I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that does it for another episode of the Just Asia podcast. Um, a fantastic conversation with Kevin Tarpy all about walking around Japan. It was really cool. And uh, hey, stay tuned. Another week, another episode is going to be coming your way with another fantastic conversation about life in Asia. 